This is episode number 44 of the Individual One podcast. For the record, individual number one is President Donald J. Trump. And I am your host, John Ziegler. We are broadcasting from Los Angeles, California, and distributed internationally by the Global Story Network. This is the biweekly program which takes an honest and hard look at the presidency of Donald J. Trump from a conservative perspective because, unfortunately, no one else is willing or able to tell the real truth about him. Unlike the corporate media, we at the Individual One podcast have most definitely not been compromised or co-opted. Welcome to the program. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share it via social media. Follow us on Twitter at individual one pod that's individual the number one pod we're coming at you a little bit later than normal on this wednesday uh, for very good reasons because this was the day that uh, was much anticipated because former special counsel robert Mueller testified in front of both the judiciary and intelligence committees of the u.s house of representatives in what some had hoped in fact um, (laughs) past guests on this program including my good friend democratic congressman john yarmouth had hoped would be the springboard to the impeachment of Donald Trump as president of the United States because of Mueller's conclusions in the so-called Russian investigation, the investigation into Russian meddling into the 2016 election, which, of course, resulted in Donald Trump becoming president of the United States. We'll have uh, full coverage, and that's why we're coming at you a little bit late, full coverage of those several hours of testimony in front of those two a very important committees to Congress. But first, I want to provide some context for today. And that is that expectations are everything in life. And uh, expectations throughout this entire process have played very much into the hands of Donald Trump. Correct. Whether that's because of dumb luck or because of some sort of savant-like strategy, I'm not sure. But Clearly, Trump has done very, very well in the expectations game. And when this investigation was ongoing, I was one of those who continually, constantly, mostly on Twitter, but occasionally on podcasts and in in my writing for Mediate, constantly was warning anti-Trump people, mostly liberals, that they were imbuing Robert Mueller with magic powers, Powers that no actual human has, and especially not a uh, nearly 75-year-old man who essentially was taken out of retirement to take on this job. I mean, time and time again, uh, there was this presumption that Robert Mueller was going to be able to find stuff that no one else would be able to find. That this was all like a movie, and that uh, every move that was made was seen as a a game of 18-dimensional chess, and that Trump was going to be checkmated. I never bought into that, ever, Uh, partially because I don't believe Donald Trump is as dumb when it comes to real-life issues as most of his critics believe him to be. I think he's actually incredibly smart when it comes to his own personal survival. From a book perspective, I think he's a complete moron. Correct. But those are two very different things. I also don't believe in this movie-like view of our intelligence agencies or law enforcement that somehow they magically know or can find out a whole bunch of stuff that we can't possibly imagine and that they have everything under control. When someone tells me everything's under control and I see no evidence of it, I get very, very nervous because I don't trust people. I don't think people are very smart. I don't think people uh, are generally very good. Uh, I think that they are generally corrupt uh, and they are generally incompetent. They're generally dishonest, not all. There are a few exceptions, but not too many. And unfortunately, powerful people tend to fall into these traps a lot more than average people. That's how they got to be powerful in the first place. So I never bought into this Superman notion of Robert Mueller. And I warned a lot of people along the way, this is dangerous. You're presuming a lot of stuff that's not in evidence here. And you're creating expectations that play right into Donald Trump's hands. Because expectations and timing are everything in life. And this entire saga has proven that once again, and it did so again today, where timing and expectations are everything. Had the timing of the events in this case been significantly different, I think we might have had a very, very different outcome. Because what Mueller found, while there was no or not at least not enough evidence of a criminal conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia to charge Trump with 
in his mind, collusion, even though collusion was never really an issue here, with a criminal conspiracy, there was plenty of evidence that there was, in fact, quote-unquote, collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. And there was massive amounts of evidence, far more than enough to charge a a non-sitting U.S. president with a crime regarding obstruction of justice. I also happen to believe, and this is one of the major issues with timing here, is that there were other issues that were impeachable offenses by Donald Trump that the Democrats did not pursue as they should have before the Mueller report. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, But I really do believe, and I've said this publicly many times, I said this to my friend Congressman Yarmouth, and he kind of agreed with me when he was on this show a few weeks ago, and that is that the, one of the biggest mistakes, that there were a couple huge mistakes that Democrats made. Number one was the day after they won the election, they were so overjoyed in the midterm victory that they allowed Donald Trump to fire Attorney General Jeff Sessions without even there being a major crap storm raised about it. Nobody raised holy hell because the Democrats were were still celebrating their victory. Trump held that back crap crazy press conference that obfuscated the whole thing, distracted everybody. But that was the act of real obstruction. The firing of Jeff Sessions was everything here. And nobody, except maybe me, raised bloody hell about it because Jeff Sessions had recused himself from the Russian investigation. And as long as he was attorney general, Mueller and his findings were safe. Well, Trump decided he couldn't fire or couldn't get away with firing Robert Mueller directly. So he did the next best thing. He cut his balls off. And how did he do it? By firing Jeff Sessions and replacing him with Bill Barr, who he got off the couch in his underwear watching television, watching Fox News all day, and brought him in knowing he would be loyal to him, having written a 19-page memo on how Mueller was full of crap, and hires him to be the attorney general 15 minutes before Mueller's report is finalized so that Barr can then cut it off at the knees, lie about it in his summary delay releasing it and uh, and creating a narrative that was false then first impressions are everything so the narrative was false about what was really in the report even members of the news media even some democrats bought into the idea that Barr must have been telling the truth when he said there was no obstruction no collusion total exoneration for the president that was all bullcrap correct but that set the narrative and so that was huge right there, the firing of Jeff Sessions. And then the delay, the delay of not pursuing impeachment immediately after taking control of the House of Representatives two months after Jeff Sessions was fired. Democrats, when they took control of the House, should have begun impeachment proceedings immediately based upon what was already known at the time, specifically campaign finance violations involving his personal attorney, Michael Cohen, that were facilitated by Donald Trump as a candidate for the presidency of the United States. And I believe blatant violations of the emolument clause of the Constitution of the United States. Would that have been enough to remove him from office? Probably not. And maybe not even in theory enough to release him or to replace him in office. But that wouldn't have been the point. It would have set the predicate that we're not waiting for new information, that this guy should be impeached based upon what we already know. And whatever Mueller finds after that is gravy. Not only that, but by having created an impeachment inquiry already, it would have strengthened their legal case to enforce these subpoenas to get some of these key witnesses to testify in front of Congress so that they could get some momentum on the findings on the Mueller report. But none of that has happened. They all waited for Mueller thinking Mueller was a Superman, thinking that Mueller was going to solve everything, that here was this this legal giant, lifelong Republican who was going to swoop in and save the day from Donald, from, you know, the American people and, and the world from the presidency of Donald Trump. I never bought that, never bought that. And I have been have been saying for months now on this podcast and elsewhere that it's too late that you have one bite of the apple. Bill Barr stole that bite of the apple. And if you're going to try to get it back, 
You needed to have Mueller testify immediately. Immediately he needed to testify. Because if he doesn't, you're sending the message that this isn't urgent. You have to understand the average American doesn't have a freaking clue. They aren't paying attention, especially during the summertime. All right. So if you're going to create the sem- a semblance of urgency, we live in a world of immediacy. Things happen instantaneously now. So if there's really something devastating in this 400 and some odd page report that no one bothered to read, including Republican members of Congress, if there's really something devastating, then obviously you need to get Mueller's ass into a into a uh, testimony situation immediately. But that didn't happen. Didn't happen because Mueller didn't want it to happen because and for whatever other reasons that were happening behind the scenes. But again, going back to the premise that timing is everything, the timing here was all wrong. So when it was announced finally that Mueller, after it was delayed another week, was finally going to testify today, my position was, well, I'm interested. I hope it goes well. Congressman Yarman said if it goes well, he's going to get impeached. I disagreed with him. One, because I didn't think it was going to go that well. But even if it did go well, I didn't think there was going to be the ability to create enough momentum. There's like 90 members of the Democratic caucus currently in favor of impeachment of Donald Trump, but you need a lot more than that in order for there to be a tipping point and for Nancy Pelosi to say, okay, I can't stop this anymore. I'm going to let it go ahead. Well, in the middle of the summertime, in this day and age, that's very, very difficult to do, even under the best of circumstances. But then we found out what was really going to happen. And these were not the best of circumstances. They weren't close to best of circumstances, unless your name is Donald J. Trump. I mean, that's the reality of this. Correct. Because the, because the other reality is there's something that no one bothered to tell us during all this. And that is not only was Robert Mueller not a Superman, Robert Mueller is barely with us. He is barely above functioning in, in the realm of senior citizenship, he is an average 75-year-old. Now, I know that's probably going to piss off a lot of fans of Robert Mueller, but I don't care because Robert Mueller deserves some responsibility for how this whole thing went down. I get that he's a dinosaur and that he doesn't understand modern media. He doesn't understand modern culture. Part of me respects him for, I mean, look, he's had a great service to our country, Marine, esteemed career in law enforcement. I'm sure he was fantastic in his day. But when you take on this kind of responsibility, and you ought to know whether or not you can actually pull it off. If you can't, you don't take the damn job. And this was not going to be a picnic. This was going to be a war. And this was a guy no longer capable of going into war. I'm sure as a younger man, he was. And I've talked about this before. By the way, this is one of the many things that I've said to you that I believe was fully vindicated by today's testimony to Congress by Robert Mueller. I said immediately after the Mueller report was released uh, to, to some criticism that it sure felt to me like Robert Mueller had lost his balls, that he had been intimidated. He had been intimidated by the entire witch hunt campaign by Donald Trump against him, intimidated by the charges that he had not been fair, that he was trying to lead some sort of a coup. And a lot of people said, wait a minute, John, how could a former Marine like Robert Mueller get intimidated by this kind of stuff? And I said, well, look, I don't know Robert Mueller, but I know a lot of very powerful, rich, successful old men who I have been shocked in my life and in my career, have turned out to be ballless. Something happens, whether it's your actual testosterone level or something else. I don't know what it is, fear of what's going to happen when you die. Whatever it is. I, I grew up thinking that, you know, when you're an old guy, then when, that's when you don't have to give a damn anymore. You can do whatever you want, right? Because what are they going to do to you? You've already achieved what you're going to achieve. You just let it all hang out. It's the exact opposite. In, in my experience, and I've experienced this many times with some very, very prominent people, there is no more gutless species in this, in, in this world than rich, powerful old men. They become completely gutless. And Robert Mueller 
is gutless. Gutless in the way he handled this and gutless for taking this on when he clearly was not up to it. If, if you're not up to this, fine. Let someone else do it. And I can understand why he didn't want to testify because he wasn't capable of it. He's not physically capable of testifying in this kind of a situation. I realize this was a very difficult set of circumstances. Maybe impossible. It might have required a Superman. I have made the analogy that unless Robert Mueller hit a grand slam home run, that none of this was really going to matter very much. And he can't hit a grand slam home run because the bases aren't loaded anymore. Because most of the audience has moved on. The American people think this is a done issue. They never bothered to read the report. But it was worse than not being able to hit a grand slam home run because the bases weren't loaded anymore. I'm not even sure Mueller could find his damn bat. I mean, that, that's how ridiculous this was. I mean, you know, the whole damn thing was basically... I'm not going to get into that. Or, or even worse... Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I mean, that's, that's all it was, with some very rare exceptions. Now, were there moments that in a rational world, in a rational world, would have been very damaging to the President of the United States? Absolutely. Absolutely. And our expectations are completely distorted because we have been totally desensitized by the insanity that is the presidency of Donald J. Trump. Correct. That's just the reality of it. But unfortunately, because we've been desensitized, things that would shock us now make no impact whatsoever. We're better than that. No, we're not. No, we're not. That's we are human. And I believe, and this is one of the things I said at the very beginning of Trump's presidency, he is going to purposely desensitize us so that nothing he does will create a major reaction. And there were things that were said by Mueller today, credibly, that should have been earthquake producing. And maybe with a few people out there, it will be, but nowhere near, nowhere near enough to change the political equation. The bottom line of this is, at best, this was a wash. At best, this was a wash. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that uh, you know somehow Donald Trump's approval ratings are going to skyrocket because of this. I don't believe that at all. I don't think there'll be significant change in his approval rating. I don't think there'll be significant change in, in how much uh, support he has against other Democratic uh, potential opponents in a general election campaign in 2020. I don't believe the impeachment numbers are going to shift very dramatically. The point of all this is that after all the screw-ups in timing, that partially because of Democratic incompetence, partially because Trump is really good at playing this game, partially because Trump seems to get very lucky, partially just because of fate. After all this, this was the last chance to correct the mess. This was the last chance to correct the mess. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen largely because Mueller is a dinosaur playing by a set of rules that no longer has relevance. I'm a dinosaur, too. I'm as old school as they get. But I'm also a realist. And you cannot beat Donald Trump at a game like this playing by your set of rules. An old school set of rules that no longer matter. You get no credit as Robert Mueller if you take the high road and don't tell Republicans who are claiming that you are leading a witch hunt and have no integrity and have no credibility and that you were doing the work of Hillary Clinton, you get no, no, no points for saying nothing in response. You get no points for that. Correct. Donald Trump knows that better than anybody. You only get points now if you fight back and slam dunk them. And even though... There were numerous opportunities where the ball, to use a basketball instead of a baseball analogy, the ball was over the rim and Mueller had it in his hands, easily had the moral authority to dunk on Republican after Republican. He did nothing. He sat there like a punching bag, like an old man with no fucking balls. That's what happened today. And so, in my view, Donald Trump won, not because this is going to help him, but because he didn't lose. This was the last chance for him to lose. And it got squandered. 
and got squandered for a lot of reasons other than just Robert Mueller. And I know I'm being really rough on Robert Mueller. I have sympathy for Mueller. I respect him as a man, as, as a human being, as a guy who's done a lot for this country. But he should never have taken on this job. And I and it's clear why he didn't want to testify. And unfortunately, Jerry Nadler, who runs the Judiciary Committee for the Democrats, and Adam Schiff, who runs the uh, Intelligence Committee for the Democrats in the House, I guess they had no other choice. See, that's that leverage. I say how timing and expectations are everything in life. You know what else is a big part of life? Leverage. And when Nancy Pelosi takes away Nadler and Schiff's leverage, now they have to play from behind. They have to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily have to do, like rely on a nearly 75-year-old man who's way past his prime, who doesn't want to answer questions, who, who, who plays by an old-school set of rules, and who bizarrely, this is, if you're, you're a Democrat, this is the part that might frustrate you more than anything. Mueller actually held Democrats to a far higher burden of proof or of detail than he did for Republicans because what Republicans were saying was so batshit crazy, I don't think Mueller thought it was even worthy of a response. Yet if a Democrat crossed an a T incorrectly or dotted an I that shouldn't have been dotted, Mueller immediately said, no, 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 that, that's not correct. He even corrected himself on what some people thought was the only big news uh, uh, of the morning session, which was that he uh, appeared to say that if not for the DOJ guidelines that a sitting president could be indicted, he would have indicted Donald Trump. And I, I remember thinking when I saw that, I said, wait a minute. Mueller is going to be misunderstood here, and this goes partially to his physical lack of acuity because Mueller walked into that partially because he didn't fully understand the question. And this happened constantly. And if you think I'm being too hard on Robert Mueller, I, you, I don't think you, you watched the, the full testimony. At one point, to a, from a friendly questioner, a Democratic-friendly questioner, Robert Mueller did not know the name of the president who first nominated him to be a U.S. attorney from Massachusetts. Correct. I mean, he, he thought it was Reagan. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, he thought it was Bush and it was actually Reagan. I, I, I'm sorry. That's an indication, and it was not a fluke. It was not a one-off. This was not a guy that was super sharp. There were many things about the report he didn't seem to know. In fact, his fallback seemed to be not just because it was safe to keep him within the rules of engagement, but it also seemed to be because he didn't know any better, was just to simply to say, if it's in the report, it's true. And I'm going to stand by the report. Otherwise, it was... I'm not going to get into that. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. The, the, the reality is there's all sorts of... He, there was nothing keeping him. Nothing keeping him from answering the vast majority of those questions. And he refused to do it for whatever reason, some sense of his own virtue. I mean, this is another thing you got to be worried about. I mean, James Comey's the same way. People who fall in love with their own damn virtue and they, and they, 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 they want to maintain that above anything else. Well, Robert Mueller, I hope you feel good about yourself tonight that you maintain your virtue, that you didn't break any of the rules. But you got, you know what else also happened? The bad guy won. The bad guy won. The guy who clearly committed numerous impeachable offenses. It's possible he may still be impeached. I don't know. He's not going to be properly impeached, and he's definitely not going to be removed from office. And that's, again, it's not all Robert Mueller's fault. I don't think he's a bad person. He's just incredibly ill-suited for this very, very difficult role. And once again, Donald Trump lucks out. Donald Trump has the best luck of anybody I've ever seen in politics. Because if there had been a better prosecutor, more well-suited to this, who didn't give him every benefit of the doubt, who actually did run something even remotely close to a witch hunt, <laughs> then... Uh, then I think that with good timing and with even a little bit of luck, Trump definitely would have been impeached and probably even removed from office. Or at the very least, Republicans would have been vulnerable to a total wipeout 
next year if they didn't support his removal from office. But none of that happened, partially because of timing and luck and incompetence, but Mueller plays a role in this. And his testimony today was the last chance to save it, and it did not happen. Now, there were some efforts. There were some efforts. One of the biggest mistakes that uh, the Democrats made, I believe, was to put Mueller in the Judiciary Committee first instead of the Intelligence Committee first. This makes no damn sense to me. It made no damn sense to me from two perspectives. Number one, just think of this from a storytelling perspective. From a storytelling perspective, it makes no sense because you don't talk about the efforts to obstruct a crime before you talk about why there was a need to obstruct a crime or a potential crime. In other words, why put obstruction first in the morning when in this day and age with short attention spans, that's when the media narrative gets set. And, you know, most people then tune out if they don't find it to be of interest. You don't tell the end of the story first. You tell the beginning of the story. Why was there a need for Trump to obstruct justice? And they didn't deal with that until the afternoon in the Intelligence Committee. Also, Adam Schiff, who happens to be the, the congressman uh, from, from where I used to live. I used to live in Burbank, California. Uh, and he's a liberal Democrat, but he's been very good on this issue, in my opinion, throughout. And Adam Schiff did a hell of a job of trying to clean up the mess of the morning. His statement uh, uh, summarizing all this was exceptional. I urge you to check it out. And his questioning of Robert Mueller was pretty darn good. Here are some of the highlights and maybe some of the very few highlights of Mueller's actual testimony. This is in the afternoon session where Adam Schiff, the head of the Intelligence Committee of the, uh, the House of Representatives, questions a very feeble Robert Mueller and tries to get to the point of a lot of what was really going on here. During the course of this Russian interference in the election, the Russians made outreach to the Trump campaign, did they not? Uh, that occurred over the course of, uh, yeah, that occurred. It's also clear from your report that during that Russian outreach to the Trump campaign, no one associated with the Trump campaign ever called the FBI to report it. Am I right? I don't know that for sure. In fact, the campaign welcomed the Russian help, did they not? I think we have. We report in, our, uh, in the report uh, indications that that occurred. Yes. The president's son said when he was approached about dirt on Hillary Clinton that the Trump campaign would love it. Uh, that is generally what was said, yes. The president himself called on the Russians to hack Hillary's emails. Uh, there was a statement by the president and those general lines. And numerous times during the campaign, the president praised the releases of the Russian hacked emails through WikiLeaks. That, well, that did occur. Paul Manafort was trying to make money or achieve debt forgiveness from a Russian oligarch. Generally, that is accurate. Michael Flynn was trying to make money from Turkey. True. Donald Trump was trying to make millions from a real estate deal in Moscow. To the extent you're talking about the, uh, the uh, hotel in uh, Moscow? Yes. Yes. Mike Flynn lied? Uh, he was convicted of lying, yes. George Papadopoulos was convicted of lying? True. Paul Manafort was convicted of lying? True. Paul Manafort was, in fact, went so far as to encourage other people to lie? That is accurate. Manafort's deputy, Rick Gates, lied? That is accurate. Michael Cohen, the president's lawyer, was indicted for lying? True. He lied to stay on message with the president? Allegedly by him. And when Donald Trump called your investigation a witch hunt, that was also false, was it not? I'd like to think so, yes. Your investigation is not a witch hunt, is it? It is not a witch hunt. When the president said the Russian interference was a hoax, that was false, wasn't it? True. When your investigation looked into these matters, numerous Trump associates lied to your team, the grand jury, and to Congress? number uh, of persons that we interviewed in uh, our investigation, it turns out, did lie. The Trump campaign officials built their strategy, their messaging strategy, around those stolen documents? Uh, I'm, I, generally, that's true. And then they lied to cover it up? And generally, that's true. When the president said he had no business dealings with Russia, in fact, he was seeking to build a Trump Tower in Moscow, was he not? I think there, there is some question about when this was uh, accomplished. Well, you would consider a billion-dollar deal to build a tower in Moscow to be business dealings, wouldn't you, Director Mueller? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so 
Schiff finally raises what I have been screaming about for months was at the heart of this entire scandal, which is the Trump Tower Moscow project. And it is incredibly frustrating to me that the vast majority of the American people, even after today, where you have major live television coverage wall to wall for hours of Robert Mueller's testimony, even after today, the vast majority of the American people are going to have no idea, no idea that while Donald Trump was running for president, while he was even the presumptive Republican presidential nominee, and maybe even longer than that, Donald Trump was actively pursuing a multi-multi-million dollar deal with the Russian government to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. Correct. And he lied about it numerous times. Correct. And his own personal attorney lied about it to Congress. Correct. In a way that has to have been facilitated by Trump suborning Cohen's perjury. Correct. I mean, that's amazing. That's the heart of this scandal. That, in my view, is the original sin which causes so much of the lying. It goes to the motivation of Trump. It goes to the motivation of the Russians. It goes to how it is that these connections began. It goes to what Trump was trying to hide because Trump actually thought, get this, Trump, I believe, actually thought that even his Colt 45 base I love the poorly educated would not tolerate it if they knew he was trying to build a tower in Moscow, which is effectively a business deal with the Russian government, a foreign adversary, while he was the Republican presidential nominee. I really believe that he didn't think even his cult would put up with that. Correct. So he lied about it and had Michael Cohen lie about it to Congress, where Michael Cohen lied magically knowing, just somehow, some way knowing, that he was to say to Congress that that project ended in January of 2016 before the actual Republican primaries began, as if Trump was making some sort of decision like, well, wait a minute, this would be too much of a conflict of interest. I'm going to give up my business interests in a way that would be consistent with a future president of the United States because I am now a serious contender, as if, by the way, January of 2016 would have been way too late as it is. But that's, that's the, as far as they thought they could get away with it. And that's when Cohen magically decided that that was the date to lie about. Well, Cohen's in prison partially because of that lie. And, you know, there's, there's apparently evidence, although that got butchered because of timing and circumstances, that it was Trump's lawyers who facilitated Trump telling that lie in that particular way. That right there is an important lie that goes to the heart of the matter and involves an impeachable offense of suborning perjury, a, an offense incredibly similar to one of those for which Bill Clinton was impeached by Republicans not that long ago. And, and yet it's a non-factor. Really, only Adam Schiff tries to bring it up. It's amazing. That's all that anyone should be talking about here. That's the epicenter of this. I don't know what the percentage is. I doubt we'll ever know what the percentage is, but it's nowhere near 50% of the American people who have a clear understanding that this occurred. And, it's, it's, and even less probably have put all the, the, the dots together on the sessions firing, which to my knowledge, and I missed some of the afternoon session getting ready for this podcast, but to my knowledge, nobody, even in this hearing, put this all together with regard to the sessions firing. Which is the, the, that's the essence of the obstruction. The obsession, the, uh, the essence of the actual crime, quote unquote, was the Trump Tower Moscow project. The essence of obstructing that crime was getting rid of Jeff Sessions, Trump's first political ally. Yeah, you have to understand, Jeff Sessions was his first major political endorser. He supported him on everything possible politically, especially in the realm of illegal immigration. 
and yet he dumped him like trash the day after the Republicans lost the midterm election, something Sessions had absolutely nothing to do with. And he did it purely because he knew he needed to mute Mueller. And the only way to mute Mueller was to get somebody else in the AG slot, and he got Bill Barr to do his dirty work for him. And Robert Mueller was too naive, too old school to understand. I don't even ensure he still understands it today, what happened. They ran circles around Robert Mueller. They're laughing at Robert Mueller for how they were able to manipulate this process in a way that destroyed his work product in the minds of the average American who would actually potentially shift the political momentum on this entire saga. That's the essence of this whole thing. And yet we're, we have such a broken system. Our politics is totally broken. Our media is totally broken. Almost everything about our culture is busted. And this is, this is the consequence of it. The most obvious and important elements of a huge, massive international news story involving a presidential election in the United States of America is still and will never be known by more than half the American people. That's pathetic. We're better than that. Yeah, I wish we were. I wish we were. Maybe at one point we were. You know, I've been saying for months, this ain't Watergate because this ain't 1974. We're living in a totally different world now in 2019 and then in 1974. And the results of this are going to bear this out because what Donald Trump is proven to have done we are and has admitted doing, has bragged about doing, is way worse than anything Richard Nixon did, causing his resignation in 1974, the only president of the United States to resign from office. Now, the Adam Schiff exchange was good, but what really infuriated me was Mueller's lack of reaction to the Republican insanity. And there's so much Republican insanity that I'm not even going to play all of it for you because we wouldn't have nearly enough time. But I'm just going to use one example. It might not even be the best example, but it, it proves the point. This is Kelly Armstrong, a Republican congressman, who bizarrely goes after Robert Mueller over this whole issue of Hillary Clinton and the fact that there were some people who gave money to Hillary Clinton during the campaign on Robert Mueller's staff. And Mueller meekly tries, although he never gets to the final essence of the point, meekly tries to explain how his team was made up and how it was, and this is not in the clip, but this was elsewhere, how it is that he never even thinks about someone's political persuasion. It's about whether or not they can do the job. So actually, in, in, in comparison to other Republicans, Mueller actually fought back a little bit here. But listen to this exchange between Mueller and Republican Congressman Kelly Armstrong. So he hired 19 lawyers over the period of time. Of those 19 lawyers, 14 of them were transferred from elsewhere in the Department of Justice. Only five came from outside. And so half of them had a direct relationship, political or personal, with the opponent of the person you were investigating. All right, so his point is that half your staff, and I don't even know if that's accurate. I doubt it. I don't have any trust that it is. But let's just, for the sake of argument, half your staff had some sort of connection to Hillary Clinton. Here's the biggest problem with that. First of all, that is not a disqualifier. If, if, if donating to a campaign was a disqualifier and working into, into an, uh, an investigation that has political ties, nobody could ever participate in Washington, D.C. in an investigation. You, 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 literally, nobody could do it. But here's the more important part. Think about this logically. The Republicans are acting as if Mueller engaged in this investigation during the campaign. As if Hillary Clinton was still Donald Trump's quote-unquote opponent when they were doing their work. Uh, Newsflash, she was not. Correct. Newsflash, in 2017, when the Mueller investigation begins, Donald Trump is president of the United States and Hillary Clinton is an unemployed grandma in upstate New York. Correct. There, There is no opponent of Donald Trump when the Mueller investigation begins. So the entire premise is completely bullcrap. And this ties directly into another piece of bullshit that Republicans continually throw out there for the uneducated. And we all know with Trump, I love the poorly educated. The people who don't put the timelines together, don't think for themselves, they don't have the capacity to understand the way the world actually works with regard to the Steele dossier. 
which we talked a lot about in this podcast, on the Steele dossier, time and time and time again today, there was this implication that somehow the Steele dossier was created either by the Russians or the Hillary campaign, or there was some conspiracy between the Russians and the Hillary campaign to get this former British spy who had a sterling reputation, Christopher Steele, to create this dossier that was going to destroy Donald Trump. Except there's one very, very, very large problem. And that is the Steele dossier never became public until after Donald Trump had not only won the election, he had won the Electoral College vote. There was no going back. By the time that the Daily Beast, or no, BuzzFeed, I'm sorry, when the time BuzzFeed finally published the Steele dossier, Donald Trump was about to be inaugurated president. It was already a done deal. Think about this for half a freaking second. If you are engaged in some sort of conspiracy to keep someone from being president, that you want to destroy them or you want to create a coup or whatever the hell you, how you want to describe it. If you're going to go to all that trouble and all that work to create this body of work that's going to destroy him, don't you think you let it out before the election? We're living in an Internet age. It's incredibly easy to get stuff out. You didn't even need a major news organization to do it. All you got to do is put it on a blog somewhere and that thing would have gone like wildfire. And the idea that somehow, well, they didn't think Trump was going to win. Uh, baloney. Ten days before the election, the same FBI that the Trump morons say is part of a deep state conspiracy against Donald Trump, they, their FBI director came out and tossed the election into chaos, reopening needlessly the Hillary Clinton email investigation. At that point, she started tanking in the polls. Why did the Steele dossier not get released at that moment because it wasn't part of some batshit crazy conspiracy. It was just the work of someone who thought, either rightly or wrongly, they were on to an important truth. And by the way, they were right about a lot of it. Christopher Steele was. Now, the details have never been verified. Some have been actually contradicted and are probably not accurate. In fact, bizarrely enough, Donald Trump tweeted three times about an interview I did on the Steele dossier, an interview I did with Michael Isikoff at the end of last year, because he, he liked what we were saying, that the Steele dossier has been shown not to be accurate in a lot of ways. But that doesn't make it corrupt. Sometimes things are, are written that aren't true, which is why it doesn't become public, because they weren't sure of it. But they were right in the big picture, and the big picture was that the Russian government wanted Donald Trump to win and that there were numerous contacts between the Russian government and the Trump campaign. That's what happened. And the idea that somehow, I mean, just throwing this bullcrap up against the wall and Mueller just sits there and says, I can't talk about the Steele dossier. It happened before. It's not my purview. Uh, you know, happened before I took over. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into that. Come on. In the, in, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer. You don't criticize someone unless you can say what they should have done. Mueller should have said is, that's not accurate. That's just, that's it. That's it. That's not accurate. That's not what happened. There's no evidence of that. It would have been very easy for him to do that. For whatever reason, he didn't. Uh, for all the possibilities that I've already listed. And, and, and yet, the, the Trump fans out there, they're rejoicing tonight. Because they think their view, this conspiracy view of Robert Mueller got vindicated. And I love that there's always two completely contradictory views here. There's the one view that his unwillingness to answer questions. I'm not going to get into that. Is proof that he's hiding something, right? He's still the criminal mastermind who's the head of this witch hunt, this deep state conspiracy. He, he, that's, that's their view. But then there's another view among the Trump fans. I love the poorly educated. 
that, no, no, what we saw today is that proof that Mueller had nothing to do with this investigation. He's too incompetent. He's too old. And he's and he's uh, you know, he's not capable of any of this. He was just a figurehead. They used him as a figurehead because he's the Republican. And so it was actually these evil Democrats working under him who did all the witch hunt and did all the uh, conspiracy stuff. Well, which is it? That's inherently contradictory. But to the Trump fans, they think today's hearing proved that. I wrote a column today in Mediate, which will be at our, our individual one pod Twitter handle by the time that you listen to this, at least hopefully, uh, where I write exactly the opposite. That this was essentially mostly a disaster, but at the very least, Mueller, through his own incompetence, proved he wasn't running a witch hunt because he's not capable of running a witch hunt. And there's no evidence to indicate he's running a witch hunt. But, you know, you always know with, with Trump, the, the one thing that might be, you know, it's usually good about him is it's not difficult to read where he's coming from. And last night he was very worried about this whole deal. He was tweeting up a storm, all sorts of craziness, attacking Mueller, attacking uh, the fact that the Mueller was going to have his deputy with him at the table, which turned out to be a total non-factor. I mean, he was incredibly insecure acting like a man who's not about to be exonerated at all. A guy who has a lot to be worried about and he should have had a lot to be worried about on the facts. Now the narrative is that Trump is triumphant and Trump is triumphant and was immediately after watching this because Trump views the world through the prism of is my opponent strong or is my opponent weak? And he immediately saw Robert Mueller today as weak, correct, as feeble, correct. And he knew immediately he had won because the only way he was going to lose was, see, there's, there's a moment in a man's life when experience and age and wisdom ripens to the point where you, get, you still, not as much as you used to, you still get perceived as having gravitas and credibility. And then about 15 minutes after that ripens, it starts to rot. And all of a sudden you, you shift and evolve from being esteemed and having experience and having gravitas to being borderline senile. And somewhere along the lines, I don't know when it happened. I don't know what the case was when he took the job over two years ago. But by the time it happened today, Robert Mueller went from being the the voice of gravitas to the voice of uh, your dad or your granddad. who You're like, oh, crap, what's he going to say next? I mean, that's that's where it was. And as soon as Trump saw that, he knew he was going to win. Correct. Because Trump is the bully who sees weakness in others. By the way, in the opposite, that's why he stuck by Brett Kavanaugh. Remember, Brett Kavanaugh came out fighting like hell and saved his Supreme Court nomination. That's what Trump respects. Had Robert Mueller been one-third of the fighter that Brett Kavanaugh was, Trump would have been scared to death about what happened today. But he's not, because Robert Mueller failed. Robert Mueller, in his final act as an American hero, failed the country. He failed the truth. He failed his own investigation. He had a lot of help. He was put in an exceedingly difficult situation. Very, very difficult situation. And I, and I have sympathy for that. I have empathy And no one knows what you're dealing with until you're in their shoes. But he deserves a significant amount of the blame here. Let's be clear. The primary amount of blame goes to Donald Trump. Donald Trump deserves an awful lot of blame uh, because he's the guy who started all of this. He's the guy who committed these transgressions, maybe even crimes. He's the one who lied about it. He's the one that put the country through all this. This could have been very easily handled. If the Trump campaign had done what it should have done, which was to alert the intelligence agencies that they had indications that Russia was trying to help them, then none of this would have happened. But they didn't do that. So I don't want that to be lost. The number one villain here is Donald Trump. And there's a lot of reasons why the villain is going to win. Robert Mueller is one of many reasons why the villain is going to win. The news media is a huge part of the reason why the villain is going to win. Uh, Democrats are partially to blame for why the villain is going to win. Republicans with no souls are partially why the villain is going to win. I mean, my gosh, I couldn't. Tom McClintock 
a, a Republican congressman from here in California who became famous several years ago because he ran against Arnold Schwarzenegger in the, the recall election is a guy who I got to know pretty well as a talk show host in Los Angeles, met with him several times. I don't like people and I don't like politicians. I really liked Tom McClintock. Tom McClintock today even sold out his soul, what was left of it, to support Donald Trump and kiss his ass with some BS conspiracy. It was clear to me that even his heart wasn't into it. Like Jim Jordan's heart's in it. I mean, Jim Jordan is a complete zealot who I can't believe I defended in the Ohio State wrestling scandal, even though he he was innocent there. I wish I had never done that because that guy's a scumbag. And, you know, he's either a great actor or really believes this bullshit. But Tom McClintock, of all people, one of the very few people I respected, disgraced himself today. And that was really depressing. We're better than that. No, we're not. This is who we are. Uh, And this is where things are going. So the bottom line, you know, I I need a little bit more time to evaluate exactly where this is all going to go. We'll do that on Sunday in the next episode of the Individual One podcast. Uh, But the reality is there is no way Donald Trump, based upon the current factual record, is going to get removed from office. And I don't think there's much of a chance that he gets properly impeached. Let me make that clear what I mean by the difference. You know what? I'll save that for Sunday. I'll I'll talk about the difference between being impeached and being properly impeached. Uh, But I do think there's an important distinction there. And uh, and we'll get into that on Sunday. But as is always the case, uh, we end each episode of the Individual One podcast with two numbers. The percentage chance of Donald Trump uh, not finishing his uh, first term in office because he's removed. And we're going to put that down to just a theoretical 1%. Just because, it's in theory, he's so crazy, he could still do something that forces uh, his removal from office. But I'm going to put that as, as essentially a zero. But in theory, still a 1% chance that he does not finish his first term in office. And partially because he escaped any real damage today, uh, and, and maybe even created more momentum among his cult that uh, because, you know, he, he escaped uh, certain death and therefore every time he does that, he grows stronger with the cult. Uh, I think his reelection chances probably edged up a little bit. I'm going to put that number now at 54 percent chance of Donald Trump being reelected. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review and share it via social media. Follow us on Twitter at the individual number one pod Twitter handle. Until uh, Sunday, early afternoon, Los Angeles time. My name is John Ziegler. You're listening to the Global Story Network.